0: i'm fiona wilson founder and managing director of fj wilson talent services i'm really excited to welcome you to the second in our six-part series of podcasts for employers we hope that this series will provide helpful bite-sized information and today's episode focuses specifically on exploring the topic of how to maximize candidate attraction Today also involves Shara Beckley, who has worked with our team previously for interview training. Shara, welcome and hello again. Hello, Fiona, and
1: hello to you, the listener. I am really looking forward to our discussion this morning about such an interesting topic, which I am sure will be super helpful and insightful for the hiring managers, in-house recruiters, and HR professionals who get involved in recruitment. As listeners might be tuning into this series for the first time by listening to this second episode, let me provide you with a quick and brief overview about what F.J. Wilson does. Firstly, the company are experts in specialist and senior appointments across a range of specialisms. And secondly, F.J. Wilson also provide consultancy and training to in-house teams and hiring managers. Just a flag to our listeners before we dive into it, um, FJ Wilson has also developed resources for employers, which are available on their website, www.fjwilsontalent.com. Very easy to find under the heading or tab, Adding Values and its Resources.
0: Oh, thanks, Shara. And also worth noting before we move on today that we're recording this series in June 2020, i.e. coronavirus times. Mm. What's worth emphasising is that FJ Wilson has a remote working business model established over a decade. We're a UK-based team and we all work out-of-home offices as standard pre-coronavirus. So we're super experienced in engaging candidates virtually, interviewing and communicating over the wide variety of video platforms that now exist. Which is super
1: crucial now. So thank you for that, Fiona. Um, So diving right in, this second episode focuses on the importance of attracting candidates to come and work for you. Fiona, presumably, The first thing an employer and hiring manager needs to make sure of is that they get the offer right for the role in order to attract candidates from the outside world.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right, Shara. This is, of course, a critical factor relating to the attraction of candidates. Typically, our clients benchmark the vacancy internally first against their pain scales or pay grades for roles to ensure there's relevant mapping. But what's also key is to ensure that the salary and reward package is benchmarked for the role against the sector and if the wish is to recruit from beyond the sector it's important of course to also benchmark against the wider market as well what i mean by that is sometimes our clients will benchmark across for example if they're a royal college another type of royal college but if the brief is that they wish to, for a particular role, attract candidates from um, the for profit sector, for example, it's important to have that external reference point as well in order that there's some reality about the candidate' supply for the desire um, from the from the private arena. Yeah, I think definitely external
1: benchmarking sounds very sensible, and what what tools?
0: Or other tools sort of can employers use to benchmark? Yeah, sure. I mean, some of our clients use the renowned hey Job evaluation, which is a, a world-renowned tool for benchmarking. Others benchmark additionally, or instead of using hey Job, within a subgroup. For example, made that point before, a medical world college will often reference what the other medical colleges' pay and reward are to get parity within that subgroup. Another option, of course, is to ask an experienced search or recruitment firm for their qualified view of marketplace range for the vacancy in question. And all of these approaches work best, of course, for recognised or commoditised roles where there's naturally a supply of candidates who can be easily identified as mapping over. So, Fiona, presumably
1: challenges can start to really arise if the vacancy is unusual in some way and can't be easily benchmarked externally with tools such as the Hey Job evaluation or by looking at competitors. Um, for example, a vacancy that is truly bespoke to the particular employer, be that the job title, be that the type or range of responsibilities, or be that it's just an extremely
0: rare and specialist nature. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, our advice in this situation is it's all about having a good planning and consultation stage of the vacancy. If a good brief has been provided by the hiring manager and understood by the recruiter, then the next stage is to conduct marketplace research. This is where the benefits of engaging and retaining a search agency can really help as this naturally forms part of the retainer fee or can form part of the retainer fee exercise. And that agreed first phase of resourcing can include the identification of the types of candidates that fit the initial brief and establishing the salaries uh, of, uh, which provide then a realistic marketplace range for the employer. Hmm. And, and how long does that sort of this phase take? Yeah, the answer to that is, of course, it depends on the complexity of the requirement and also the depth of research that is, that is wanted. So that can take anywhere between um, a few working days defined as being four to five through to two weeks. Again, it just depends on the depth of research that has been agreed by the client in terms of scope. All right. And that sounds like a
1: super important exercise for a business-critical specialist or senior vacancy. Absolutely. So, Fiona, um, if the research shows that the pay or reward for the vacancy is out of scope in relation to the type and calibre of candidate that the client wishes to attract, then I'm presuming that one of two things logically and sensibly needs to happen, right? Right. Either um, the role needs to be ring-fenced by the employer as sitting outside the usual pay scales so that the employer can attract matching candidates to choose from. Or if the employer is restricted by the tightness of their pay grades, the, I guess the viable alternative here is that the vacancy needs to be revisited and adjustments made so that it fits with the candidate
0: marketplace. Yeah, that's absolutely right. I mean, however, sometimes a hiring manager does remain steadfast that they do not wish to compromise whatsoever. So then, of course, we enter the territory of searching for literally a needle in a haystack. And either there will be plainly speaking, a great deal of fluke and fortune by advertising a role and randomly getting the right applicant. Mm. Or then it will need to be a disproportionate amount of research involving sometimes weeks of work to identify and engage a possible candidate or a couple of candidates who fit. Right.
1: So the hiring manager either has to accept that there could be many, many months before a candidate surfaces, who is relevant. Mm. Or I suppose a reasonable alternative that springs to mind uh, is to have the dialogue with the recruiter about attracting a slightly different candidate who might take longer to onboard. I mean, there could be more investment from an induction and training perspective, but ultimately would still result in a great appointment.
0: Yes, Shara, that's why we are loud advocates for proper consultation and regular resourcing catch-ups with our clients to provide them with the reality check of what the marketplace can actually provide. And in those resourcing catch-ups, discussing and agreeing alternative types of candidates to what the client perhaps first imagines, this conversation can really help in these situations to produce the result, which is ultimately the choice of great talent your vacancy. Excellent.
1: Um, Moving on, or slightly, you know, switching gears to another area of discussion. One of the things I have observed in the job markets is that more employers really appear to be, how should I say, working much harder to present their employer brand to the their best advantage. Uh, mm. I'll give a quick example, you know, whether it's indicating positive employment practices, such as exceptional induction program, effective performance management, approach to flexible working, learning and development provision, etc. Um, but Fiona, sort of with your considerable recruitment
0: experience, what other tips would you have for employers? Oh, wow. That's a really good question, Shara. I think what's super important is to present the general strengths of the organisation. For example, areas of growth, competitive advantage, key assets, and of course, financial health. In today's economic conditions, with lots of organisations sadly collapsing and large numbers of Redundancies being made, which is being reported in the news very frequently, of course in, at, at the moment, being able to present reassurances of sound financial health are a great advantage in attracting candidates
1: and Fiona and, you know, I know we we explored the difference between the passive and active candidates in our first podcast episode, which was a very interesting discussion um, Flag for you listeners if you haven 't. Um, listen to the first one, definitely check it out. Um, But going back to the different types, passive candidates will especially need many clear reasons to motivate them to move employers as we head into a technical recession, to your point. And of course, in particular, the point you made on the new, on whether or not the new employer is good or in a better financial position than their Mm. current employer. Fiona, what else can the employer do to attract the best talent, especially in such worrying economic times?
0: I would uh, sort of suggest anticipating what would be candidates burning questions. And a couple of of that always come up are, number one, who will they be working for? It's incredibly helpful and valuable to provide a bio of the hiring manager, um, for, for, for example. And second, what prospects might there be if they make that move to join um, the employer who's hiring? It might be helpful, uh, for example, to provide two or three short case studies of employers who've progressed within the organisation Ideally, of course, from comparative or comparable roles, if the organisation has the staff size to demonstrate this. But if not, then a couple of good case studies that can really resonate with people's general aspirations around progressing in their career, not necessarily vertically, but getting lateral movement for their career and getting to have that continued enjoyment and satisfaction uh, from, from, from their job.
1: And that's great advice, Fiona. Um, You know, nodding to it again, our first podcast in this series focused on why providing a brief is so important in detail. Our discussion today, for me, has unveiled the importance of also having an ongoing dialogue and consultation in this resourcing period beyond the brief. You know, for example, there's a really good case study that features the Royal College of Surgeons, which can also be found on the FJ Wilson website.
0: Thanks, Sarah. I, I, I agree, of course, entirely with what you've just <laughs> said. Um, and and finally, over the long term, I think, again, a good point to make here is that your reputation as an employer will be absolutely crucial in attracting candidates to work for you. Confronting these three questions is... is really helpful. Number one, does your organisation consistently provide a great candidate experience? Number two, are interviews always well thought out and professional? And third and finally, do you provide timely and constructive feedback? So later in our podcast series, we will absolutely be exploring the importance of the candidate experience and preparation for interviews. Thank you.
1: I'm looking forward to that. Um, So in conclusion, takeaways for our listeners today on the topic of how to maximise candidate attraction are one, the importance of relevant external benchmarking of pay and reward for a vacancy. Secondly, the importance of continuing to work with your recruiter after the initial briefing. This will ensure that different avenues can be explored during the resourcing period to maximise the attraction of relevant candidates. And finally, considerable thought needs to be put in, the presenting, in into presenting the employer brand to the very best advantage. And the key point really here is that it goes beyond pre- presenting positive employment practices. It needs to involve the general strengths of the organization, such as its financial health. Fiona, thank you. As always, I have really, again, enjoyed today's thought-provoking discussion To you, our listener, we hope that we have provided you with some genuine takeaways from today's podcast.
0: Thank you so much, Shara. Me too. It's great to take this time to discuss such an important topic and to share that with our listeners. So if you've enjoyed today's episode, please do like it and share it to your networks to help other professionals and, of course, to increase the visibility of our brand um, within the marketplace. If you want to explore how we could help you when you're hiring in the future or to explore how we could support the development of your in-house recruitment capacity, of course, do get in touch. Our next podcast for employers will focus on the very interesting topic of how to provide a great candidate experience when hiring. So take care and stay safe. And thanks for listening.